0: This week's podcast is brought to you by the folks at TriHard. You can join pro triathlete Lucy Charles Barkley and utilize TriHard's unique hair and skin products for the ultimate protection from the effects of sweat, pool and ocean chemicals, tiredness, and chafing before and after your workouts. Developed and tested by athletes to ensure the highest quality and results, your body will thank you for trying TriHard products out.
1: You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Life of Try podcast. My name's Kevin McKinnon. I am not with Phil Rockner, although normally... I'm not even actually really with him. He's in Australia doing crazy things. And, um, but, uh, I am with, uh, another Aussie. I'm not going to say a better Aussie this time, cause that probably got me in trouble, a, uh, five-time world champion Aussie anyway. So the guy knows just a little bit about the sport and, uh, one of the, uh, hosts of the live coverage here at the Ironman 70.3 world championship, Greg Welch, um, holy crap, another exciting day of racing. Day two,
1: Ironman World Championship in uh, St. George, and it didn't disappoint, did it? It was an incredible day. Uh, The weather was much better today. Uh, You know, it was cooler temperatures yesterday. A lot of people will talk about it and have been talking about it. But it was around about 45 degrees, you know, in town when it all started. So it was actually pretty nice. Um, I think the guys got away with a good one there. And, um, you know, there wasn't too much uh, rugging up, you know, as the women did yesterday with the mylar blankets and the rubber gloves. And... And things like that so yeah it was a splendid day
0: and uh, Christian Blumenfeld uh, continues to be nutty frightening um, mm. you know like the guy just was genuinely pissed off with coming third in Kona <laughs> where the, you know most of us well you know not all of us have won in Kona um, and as you and well, Christian hasn't sorry uh, won an Ironman World Championship anyway uh, but he was pretty motivated to win today He really was. Um, You know, at the press conference uh, the other day, uh, Gustav,
1: you know, said a few things that were, uh, you know, you you would think uh, maybe he's sandbagging. You know, he'd say, oh, I'm not recovered properly or, or, uh, you know, know, I'm feeling the pressure of this one or whatever it is and, but, you know, Christian was just sitting there just licking his chops Uh, and so was everybody else at that stage. But um, yeah, I think
0: that Gustav was actually being honest because I, what do you think? Well, I, so I've been—I was waiting for you to finish because I've been dying. Yeah. I watched you um, at the tail end of the coverage, interviewing R- Marinda Carfrey and Craig Alexander. Yeah. And I'm looking at the screen, y- yelling. If anyone knows how hard it is to to try and race three weeks after the Ironman World yeah. Championship, yeah. it's those three on the screen. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, yeah. I, I can't even begin to imagine um, what it's like, all of the pressures, and because there's a lot of media stuff and um, demands on you after winning that title. So Ben Canute now can understand
1: why Alex Yee at the Olympic Games, when he finished second, the brute strength and the brute force of Christian Blumenfeld. He is one of the toughest guys that you will ever have to face in triathlon, period. Whether if it's Olympic distance, long distance, and there he is. Look, he's walking out and we're talking about... Christian, say hello really quickly. We're on the, <laughs> the podcast, Life of Tri-Podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here we are. Finally have the tape of the half.
0: It's <laughs> the finished tape of the half. Yay! Championship title. Look
1: at that! Good man. to have on the
0: wall at home. Uh, it was amazing, right yet home. another world title to add to the the list. Yeah,
1: I have to stay in touch with Gustav. He's three now, and I have three. <laughs> <laughs> We'll catch up
0: with you a little bit yep. later on,
1: mate. Yeah. Congratulations, that's Christian. Good job. Well done, Kev. Uh, well, that's yeah, I guess when a
0: three-time world champion gets to break in, yeah. that's totally fine.
1: That's, hey, if it was anybody that was going to interrupt, it was him. <laughs> and that was going to be accepted. But, uh, yeah, that was a um, hey, major bonus points right there, Kev. But, uh, look, we were talking about him. He turns up right in front of us. But, look, he's the strongest guy out there. And when uh, Christian Blumenfeld, you know, accelerated away from Alex Yee, in a 10k race in the heat in Japan, and won that race. That was incredible. Today, when he accelerated away at the very first part, Ben Canute starts 40 meters behind him out of transition two, catches up to him on Bluff Street right before they go up, uh, you know, the steep hill into the golf into course. The golf course yeah. Before they, you know, before he does the turnaround and comes back down the hill. Um, Ben Canute accelerated. There was a reason behind that. He wanted to test him early. I spoke to Ben about fifteen minutes ago, and that's exactly, you know, what his tactic was. He tried hard, and I said to Craig in the coverage when we were commentating, I said, Christian's got this in the bag, you know, because Ben should have kept going. Because Christian just poured it on when he needed to. Could you imagine if you're Ben Canute and you have Christian Blumenfeld breathing down your neck and you've got the guy that's won the Olympic Games. He can accelerate a, away from Alex Yee, who's a thirteen minute thirty second five k runner. And you've got him there. It's like <laughs> I'm like, good luck with that.
0: Well, and and you know Ben, I I'm, I don't think there's anyone, any triathlon fan who wasn't pulling for Ben. Like just would, you know, second in Chattanooga in 2017, and yep. you know just it w- we it would have been so awesome. But I was just, as I was watching it, um, you know, Paul K and I were talking about this. I just kind of said, unfortunately, Ben doesn't have the, like he doesn't have the, the club in the bag to, to be able to accelerate or do the kind of things that Christian Blumenfeld can. Like it's, uh, you know, I I just, I I was in the same boat as you. I was kind of like, unless Christian's legs are tired from Kona. He's got this wrapped up. Yeah, you know, I saw a performance from Ben Canute today, very similar to that
1: of Paula Finlay yesterday. And that was a very, I want to say, like, from, you know, from the very, very first, uh, you know, swim stroke to the last running step across that finish line, very steady, very strong the whole day. And he looked great. And that was his best performance, and he just got beaten by Christian Blumenfeld on a on a on a better day for him.
0: Bel- I am not trying to take anything away. I was just yeah. kind of saying, like, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Ben yeah. had a perfect race. Yep. Um, he just unfortunately needed Christian to not be <laughs> the, like as dominant as Christian can be. Yeah, he ran and into as a Norwegian buzzsaw. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Know, um, and but yeah, and the thing I. I saw I saw Ben so early on in the bike like I was taking photos just as they came around the lake and Ben I believe was in second right behind Christian and I said to my my moto driver Ben is going to have a great day like you could just tell right at that point um that he was on and same deal for Magnus uh, Dittlef you you just sort of had this feeling that you know, Kona be damned, he wasn't going to let that th- that be in his legs and he wanted to be in the mix today.
1: And also Magnus had that little bit of bad luck too in Kona. You know, so, you know, he's come here, you know, trying to redeem, you know, some of that, um, you know, the bad luck that he had over there and, and try and get himself on the podium. Look, I was calling for a podium for Magnus Dietlev in Kona and today... You know, uh, it was one Dane that was on the uh, podium at the press conference. You remember, uh, uh, Kevin, that uh, Mickey Mickey Taghold said. One Dane will be on the podium this weekend.
0: <laughs> <And then laughs> Out of I five of s- them. And, and who will it be? And he said, well, I've got, or will it be you? <laughs> uh, there's five of us, so I have a 20% chance.
1: 20% chance. So it ended up being Magnus Dietler, which is, you know, the, the best choice there, um, you know, on paper. Um, and then Mickey, you know, fourth last year, still had a strong race. Yeah, uh, I think he was
0: sixth uh, today. Yeah. And then um, three
1: Danes in the top uh, in the top ten, so yeah. it was amazing.
0: It was super strong performance. And there. I will quickly want to just run through fourth and fifth. And then, um, uh, so fourth goes to Mika Newt from Germany. And a lot of people might not, you know, I want to say kid. I, I'm old enough that I can probably say that. Um, he's 22 years old. Uh, what a performance for him today. This kid was amazing. He... I tell you what,
1: Kevin, his running was incredible. He did run a one eleven forty four, and it was just a couple of seconds slower than Christian. I think it was a one eleven thirty nine, something like that. But I was talking with Craig Alexander about this kid. His running biomechanics are perfect. Yeah. We looked at him from the hips down. His knee drive, his ankle drive, he's foot plant and his gait is absolutely precisely on par with any of the best biomechanical runners ever. And when you looked at him, you know, from the front on as well, his arms were in a perfect carriage, carries his shoulders very well and very efficient. So I think this kid's got a lot of talent and I think he's going to go a long way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of, um, yeah, in terms of the biomechanics, uh, reminded me a little bit of Crowy you know, uh, in terms of the the biomechanics and just being such a sound runner. So, yeah, very exciting to see. And then how exciting for Frederick Funk. Um, You know, I got to see uh, it was one of his early wins. might have even been his first uh, 70.3 Lanzarote um, way back when. And he was just so excited to get that. I announced him across the line and uh, just so exciting to see him get that fifth here today. Solid performance.
1: Freddie's normally that guy that's on the bike and the aggressor. Today, he was smart. He gave himself a chance to have, you know, a podium finish. I mean, a podium finish at World Championships for me is top five. All right, we always know that the top three is on the podium. Officially the podium. Yeah, the podium. But I like to say the top five, you know, in the world, they're, they're clearly you know, better than the rest of the field here, you know, obviously with their times and their placings. But I just want to say that Freddie gave himself a good opportunity to have a good run. He only ran a one sixteen, okay? Yeah. It's, but running that's... is not his, you know, he's generally, a, you know, swim biker, you know, uh, extraordinaire and with a strong run. Yeah. And today he put himself in a position to actually have a good race. Um, it's hard to come out of the lead pack on, you know, T2, in T2 and then head out there and have a great run um that not everyone out of that group was going to have a good run because right. you know some people
0: may have extended themselves well mickey Tagholt, correct. certainly you know and and so for frederick to have that solid and i think you you just nailed it like smart race mm-hmm. right you know he yeah. and he talked about this at the post-race press conference yeah. I, you know, I got up there, Christian was very determined to keep yeah. things moving, and yeah. so there was no point trying to, to go around him, you know?
1: Well, they couldn't go around him, to be honest, Kevin. I think that he was just setting such a cracking pace that yeah. they just they couldn't do it. And then secondly, they thinking, like, well, if I do have a chance to do it, when am I going to do it? But that didn't rise. And, you know, when they went into Snow Canyon, I knew it was coming. I knew that Ditlef would have to try something to get, uh, you know, a little bit of time to you know, put in the bank. You know, coming into transition, it didn't really happen because Christian wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't because of anyone else. But you saw that pace. Uh, what happened there when the pace went up? Tagold went out the back. Yeah. So it was only good enough for four of them. You know, to come back into town. And by the way, 48 miles an hour. Um, I spoke to uh, the cameraman who was coming back down. He said, "Yeah, he looked at the speedo of the uh, yeah the descent time, 48 miles an hour. That's uh, 77 kilometers an hour descending yeah. in the last five miles."
0: Oh, I can totally see that, and I I will not tell you how fast we were going in our motorcycle to catch up, because um, <laughs> I would like to be on a moto again sometime. Um, so uh, you have some insight on something that is ripping up social media right now penalty to sam long uh you know obviously that just set the tone for his day
1: yeah i mean uh it's so frustrating because i i'm a big fan of sam long and i'm just a big fan of the way that he races and today he was rocketing through the field you know and but i did get clear confirmation that um when we were commentating on tv we saw a pass, you know, uh, happening at the very top of um, where actually the infraction occurred. Uh, we saw Jackson Laundry overtake Sam, and Sam was sitting up, you know, speaking with a, uh, an official at the time, and you know, Sam was trying to, you know, just complete his last passes. Um, that wasn't the infraction. The infraction occurred at the bottom of the hill, and it was just slotting in. So basically, he was going uphill, and there was about 15 athletes, you know, in a line. You're allowed to slot in by rule if the athletes are outside of that draft zone. So let's say for instance, if they're outside of the the 12 meters or 12 bike lengths, whatever it is, if it's 15 meters, meters, if it's 15 meters, you're allowed to slot in. If it's 18 meters, you're allowed to slot in. If it's 12 meters, you're not allowed to slot in. You have to use that full 25 seconds to make that pass. And if there's 15 people in that line, You've got to keep on overtaking. You've got 25 seconds to overtake each one of those people, you know, in the line of, in in that train, right? Unless you see a gap that's more than 12 meters. So that's the rule. That's how it happened. Um, And then also, if you looked on, on television as well, you would notice that they were three wide. You're allowed to be three wide if you've got a road that's wide enough to hold that. Okay, it's not limited to one lane. If there's two lanes that are open for the race, you can use those thri- uh, two lanes. So that's the rule.
0: Yeah, and there were definitely uh, being out on the course. I could, there were some places where it was super wide, and that, but mm-hmm. it, then it narrowed down quickly. Um, yeah. So and and now you understand why, like when we're watching the race in Kona, there's one long line because. Mm-hmm. Everyone's 12 meters apart and And, and you can't slot in. And to go from the last place, I I remember you worked it out one year, like I I think it was was 54K an hour for three three minutes to
1: five minutes or whatever it was to overtake. So here's the thing this is their livelihood, okay, for these athletes. So they have to be very, very careful about how they position themselves. And, you know, why wouldn't you, if you're an athlete, trying to put food on the table why wouldn't you sit 15 meters it's just not worth the hassle the stress and the anxiety of knowing that you know an official can at any time come up to you and and either warn you or tell you that you're in that zone so just you know play it safe and it's easier said than done right Right. we can sit here and talk about it but when you're in the moment you know it's it's one of those things when you make a bad knee-jerk reaction to you know, a call, like if you're playing soccer or something like that. But, um, yeah, you just have to roll with the punches uh, in that respect. You know, Sam did the right thing. I, I, I think that he just wanted to get, you know, a little bit of clarity on, on what was going on. So he asked, the, you know, the official. But he had to go to the next penalty tent, which is the rule. Serve his five minutes and then get back into it. It was a gallant effort. He got off the bike. He didn't give up. He ran hard for the first lap. I'll give him that respect yeah. for sure. Yeah. And he kept on going. So that was amazing.
0: Yeah, so... Um, as we did uh, yesterday, anything that uh, really stood out for you in today's racing?
1: Yeah, bummed to see Gustav not uh, not finish. Um, you know, being the Ironman champion, a um, little bit of pressure coming in. Obviously, he felt it. Um, you know, to become the you know first well first mm-hmm. Norwegian to win, uh, win three. Uh, but um, yeah, for me, it's now the uh, you know the brotherly love with Christian and Gustav going head to head again they got three world titles <laughs> each now so uh <laughs> we're gonna hear about that and they're funny look I, I had a great week we had two fantastic days of racing um good on the united states they did so well with taylor nib and ben canute and um yeah they were really close to pulling off a double there
0: yeah no super super exciting great you know ben canute with mm. uh, another another child on coming on the yeah, way at yeah. uh, towards the end of the month so mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so awesome because it it hasn't been a great year for Ben. And to see him just pull out all the stops yeah. here was yeah. uh, super fantastic. Um, and then two days of racing, you know, just uh, mm. after Kona, where we saw two days of racing, um it's been pretty exciting to you know to see that sort of balance. and, as you know people keep talking about the women having their own day to to really shine and and put on a great show. It's been an
1: incredible back end of a season if you ask me you know you had some major races coming into that you know uh, into this with pto with dallas uh the million dollar prize purse. you had you know that's all building you've had ironman world championship you've got ironman 70.3 world championship and now you're gonna see a switch you're gonna see taylor nib flora duffy gustav eden and christian blumenfeld competing next week in eight days in bermuda at the WTS at the Olympic distance level, and then four weeks later, you'll actually three weeks later, you'll see them compete again in Abu Dhabi as they prepare for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Because now it's open season for scoring the points and getting your quotas, you know, your selection quotas yeah, in for your for, countries, for your country, right? So yeah. the top six countries get you know three athletes each, and they yeah. want to make sure that they're getting those points to have that strong team. So things are switching up.
0: So I want to just end Uh, this is something that I've been trying to get my head around asking the right question. And I, I finally asked Christian why, so back in our era, we raced, you know, basically one long distance race a year and everything else was Olympic distance and halves. Um, And now like I've been trying to figure out why the Olympics aren't enough. Like, why is Christian Blumenfeld even doing all this stuff? He's the gold medalist. Um, why do you think that we're seeing these guys jump up and do this Ironman stuff and now talk about going back? Well, you did it. I did it. Um, we get hungry. You, one
1: thing's just not enough. Like, if you're just racing Olympic distance, um, if you're doing it for a living, it's one thing. But, like, if you're doing it for um, a living and... Being fresh and trying to have longevity in the sport, you have to have new goals. you You have to have something that you're aiming for all the time. It can't be just that one thing all the time. and if it is that one thing, you better be focused you know on that because it takes a lot of willpower to like stay right online, right? Yeah, so for you and for me, I remember back in my time when you and I raced together in eighty seven and eighty eight in Canada, in Hawaii and all that we were racing each other in up at Niagara or Milton or something like that, an <laughs> Olympic distance race, Kevin. Yeah. And then we'll race three, three weeks later or four weeks later in Kona at Ironman. Yeah. So we had those same things as well. We really wanted to, you know, get after something that was sexy. And the sexy thing is doing multiple distances at, at, at multiple different levels, And and that's what they're seeing right now. They want it all. They're not satisfied with just one thing. They want it all. And now Christian... He's done it. He's got yeah. the Ironman 70.3 World Championship, Olympic Distance World Championship, Olympic Distance Gold Medal at the Olympics, and the Ironman World Championship. He's the only body, he's the second person that can claim that. Yeah. Jan Fredino is the only one that's done all of that. Um, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, you know he's in some pretty heady company, yeah, uh, for sure. And and you're, I think you're bang on that. That's how Christian answered. Like he wanted the challenge. Mm. You know he wanted that, and and I, he's constantly looking for that. So I think you're you're bang on. I just want to quickly just talk you you brought up niagara i will never forget that race have had the swim of my life and uh you and miles stewart i think greg welch had brought over or not greg um graham fraser had brought over to compete in the race and uh so there was a bunch of you you two were up in front and there was a bunch of us canadians trying to hang on and we went up the escarpment and you dropped even you dropped even miles stewart like you dropped us all like a bad habit going up that hill and uh, I can't remember, but somebody kind of just went, "Oh, well, she's gone. This is that's <laughs> done." Uh, so that was one of my endearing memories of uh, of racing against you, sub.
1: So. Oh, the best memory for that uh, for that race, Kevin, was uh, my trip on Maid Made of the Mist or whatever it was down, oh, down, down, down the bottom, Niagara getting Falls. getting slammed by water in those big thick blue raincoats. No, but it, we had a lot of fun, didn't we? Oh,
0: that's uh, great. Yeah, well, that's great. Hey, Greg Welts, thank you so much for helping out with our uh, Life of Try podcast the last couple of days. It has been so nice to chat with you and be able to do all this fun stuff. And congrats on another great weekend of announcing after Mm. a great weekend in Kona.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, Phil, I hope you're well and um, back with Kevin on your podcast soon. Thanks for allowing me to uh, fill in. It's been, uh, been great. been a pleasure.
0: On behalf of Greg Welch, I'm Kevin McKinnon, and thanks for joining us here at The Life of Try.
1: Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.